This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. So glad to be with you. We're going we're gonna to jump into the word of the Lord today as we're continuing our series on impacting our world because all of us have a call over our lives to bring change um, to the world around us. And I talked about how last week we can't do that in our own strength and our own ability, but God, through the Holy Spirit, empowers us to do so. If you, so if you missed that message, go back and check it out. And we're just going to be building upon that theme today. And I want to just open up with um, a scripture today, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. Now, let me set the tone here for the context of what we're going to look at today. And really, in so many ways, I, I kind of view the, the entire Bible in this perspective. And we saw this even in the life of Jesus as he tried to minister and teach his disciples and the followers that were with him 2,000 plus years ago. He taught a lot of parables. Parables are simply a story, right? A story to communicate a spiritual truth. I think oftentimes, you know, these are... Uh, there's mysteries, right, of, of, of this unseen world that we're a part of, this God that we, we don't see with our physical eyes, but we see with our hearts. Who's realer than, than, than the person sitting next to you, if that, if that can even make any sense. And so Jesus would teach parables, tell stories to try to unlock revelation, or an easier way to say it would be understanding so people could get what he was trying to communicate to them about this kingdom that they were now a part of, this otherworldly kingdom. And so when I look at these verses today, I, I see a story, I see a picture um, that we can glean from, and, and it's, it's going to be a picture and, 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 and give us understanding, insight into this, this concept of, of the cornerstone. Now, cornerstone is not a word that we hear a lot of, so as we jump in today, you're going you're gonna to understand and, and, and walk away with something, I believe, that will really change your life. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7 just going to read. He says, as believers, you know, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, you know his great worth. Indeed, his preciousness is imparted to you. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected, I want you to highlight that right there, and discarded has now become the cornerstone. Holy Spirit, would you just open up our eyes to see our ears to be able to hear today? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Wendy and I have only owned a few properties in our 30 years of marriage, but what we found until recently, moving into the townhome that we live in, we found ourselves in the midst of a fixer-upper. Anybody ever been a part of a fixer-upper? It, it, is, it is actually, I, I've come to love it because I like seeing things that are broken down restored to not only their original beauty, but maybe even something beyond that, right? If you've ever done a fixer-upper, it's like just such an, a, cool, a cool process to see, you know, as stuff is being torn out, stuff is being, you know, put back into place with that extra special modern touch on it or whatever your design, uh, you know, preference is. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And we found ourselves um, in this, in the course of our journeys of where we've lived up till now. Now, one of the, the scriptures that has stood out to me 
since I became a believer is, is one in the book of Acts where Peter is teaching the writer of this book and he's talking about this tabernacle that has fallen down and that God is going to rebuild it. Now I know that sounds kind of mystical, but the rebuilding of that tabernacle actually involves you. You see, the church does, ha- does not have a mission. God has a church that's on mission. And that church is you. And he's rebuilding something that has been torn down in this moment and he is going to see it completely fulfilled. So when Peter is is writing here, he's talking about this great worth of, of what Jesus carries and that now has been imparted, if you go back to that verse, verse seven, has been imparted to us. What this literally means is to disclose knowledge, to give you understanding. Imparted is kind of this spiritual term, but just to break it down, it literally means to disclose knowledge or to give you understanding. One of my friends, Jason Upton, he writes about this tabernacle of David being restored in one of his songs, and he talks about the key of David, which is revelation. So the thing that's going to open the door to knowledge is his revelation that he, he sings about that comes through intimacy with God. I believe that, that as, as Julia was praying today, there was something on that because it's not just about drinking of the world's wine anymore. He wants us to drink of him. There's, a, there's an intimacy that is coming over the body of Christ that's for real. We're not just playing games in terms of like, you know, just going through religious motions. There's like, there's like a real connection that's happening. And that's what Peter is writing about. He says, this preciousness of who he is has now come to you. There's been something unlocked in your heart that you now have received. There's knowledge that's come to you. Not just intellect, but it's come and it's dropped down into your heart. I mean, you know that the kingdom of God is all about the heart, Right? It really is. It's all about the heart. But now what I want to, what I want to show you here in the latter part of this, he, he, he bears a contrast here um, of, of what's also going on in culture. And he says that those who do not believe, and then he references Jesus again, the stone that, the, check this out, that the builders rejected. How many of you know that there's another building process that's at work in our culture? There's something else that's trying to be constructed. I mean, I, I, I am feeling this, and honestly, like, the fear of the Lord, and, and I say that in a healthy way, like, the awe of God is on me, and I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to build on sand. I really want to build on something that's firm, that's lasting, there's a lot of stuff that looks really cool and really vogue and, and you know, maybe even has like a, a, a measure of, of what seems to, to be valuable. But my question is, man, what, what, what spirit is behind it? Who's building that? Like, are they people that are walking in intimacy with God? Because if they are, they've actually rejected this stone in which he's called them to build upon. And they're building in another way. But this one who has become discarded, Jesus, right? There was no beauty in him. There was no value in him that, that the world saw in and of itself. But when you have understanding that's opened your eyes, you're like, oh my gosh, I'll sell everything and go and buy him. 
And then he's telling you, hey, listen, I've actually sold everything and I've, got, I've went and bought you. It's actually the other way. Like you thought you were selling everything to buy me and I sold everything and came and bought you. And that's how this whole connection ha- happened because you said yes to, the, to, that, to that intimacy moment that unlocked knowledge on the inside of your heart that gave you a glimpse into who I am. He has become the cornerstone. Now, this is really important to understand this word historically. And I, and I love this because the Bible, in so many ways, references, at the time it was written, stuff that was going on in culture during that time. And that's why it takes a little research to go back and say, okay, why did they use this word? Why did they say, hey, you know, this one who is now building, building something that's eternal, who's been discarded, has actually been set in place as the cornerstone in this moment. Well, let me give you a little history, okay? The word cornerstone in, in relation to architecture, something that's being built, traditionally back in the day of Jesus is the first stone that is laid in a structure. All right? It's, it's the first, when you're, when you're building a structure, it would be the first stone that is laid down. So it has a certain size to it, dimensions, width, height, depth, right? And it's the first stone that is traditionally laid down with all of the other stones that will follow will align with its reference. Come on, can you see this? So Jesus has now become this stone. It's actually the, because f- when, when things moved from the Old Testament to the New Covenant, and the building project had been going on for 4,000 plus years and, and reaped death over the earth, really. I mean, even Babylon, you know, like the Tower of Babel. I mean, these, they were magnanimous building projects, you know, all kinds. I mean, the, the wonders of in, in the city of Babylon, which I, I hope to talk about, actually, comparison between Babylon and Jerusalem, the city of peace. But they were wonders, right? But they carried no value. And Jesus, who didn't look so beautiful now in, the, in, this, in this one that, who had been discarded, has become the chief cornerstone. So he's, he's actually the first stone of reference amidst a bunch of other stones that are being aligned according to how he has been laid down on the earth. A cornerstone also, secondly, marks the geographical location by orienting a building in a, a specific direction. So it's not only like the first stone that every, every other stone aligns with, it's actually orienting the building project in a specific direction. Here we call it true north. You'll learn more about that the longer you hang around us, but that's transformed people who actually start to transform culture. There's a specific direction that this building is, is aligned in. You see, in the time of Jesus, buildings were designed and built in relation to certain astronomical points of the compass. 
It was, it was the whole, it was like there was a lot of stuff spiritually that was going on back then. So they aligned it according to these, these astrological points. In fact, when I grew up in Montana, we used to have these, uh, I, don't, I can't remember what they called them. They were like these wagon wheels. It's really interesting. They were like rock designs that would be in, in perfect location to different other rock designs around the world. I don't mean to get off and get weird here, but it, but it was actually a human impossibility to actually put these different um, uh, building structures in the, in the reference that they were at and reproduce that in other parts of the country and even the world. It's really profound. But this stuff is, if you look around history, this kind of stuff is there. So it's embedded within our culture in the world, right? And they would build them in these ways because they believed that the position of the heavenly bodies regulated life, they regulated fortune, they regulated success. But how many of you know that only pays off for a little bit? And then that world that's established upon sand just comes crumbling down when Jesus is like, listen, I'm going to build something that's going to last forever. I'm going to bring true life to the world. I'm going to bring true joy to the world. I'm going to bring true transformation to the world. In my building of everything according to my son who was discarded but now has been set in as the chief cornerstone. It's really crazy as I studied this out. Ancient civilizations, they would perform ceremonial ritual when the cornerstone was placed in these buildings um, where they'd pour wine, they'd pour grain, water, even blood offerings over these cornerstones, um, dedicating these facilities to God's. You know, the gods of the world, all right? And so this is what was going on. So he, he's, Peter is trying to say, listen, something is changing. The way that you've known, you know, blessing and all the desires of your heart in society with all of this other spiritual stuff, something's changing. This one named Jesus, you need to pay attention because he has become the cornerstone in which everything is being built from this point forward. So Peter, he... He says to them in verse four, look at this with me. He says, so keep coming to him. It means to draw near. It means to worship. It means to, to, to open up your heart in, in, in intimacy. Who is the living stone? Now, one thing I want you to pay attention to here, because when I was on a trip to Israel, we were with this, uh, this Jewish uh, believer who was giving us the tour, and he said, do you know the difference between a stone and a living stone? And we were like, no, we have no idea. And, he, and he, there was this big boulder, and he said, well, that's a stone. And then there was a, a stone that was perfectly hewn in what would look like a, a large brick that would make up a building. He said, that's a living stone. Wow. What? Would it look like if our lives that came in all shape and sizes before we met Jesus actually became exactly aligned with his design and began to be fitted together in this building called the Tabernacle of David? Which we'll see a scripture at the end today, which is actually where the dwelling place of Holy Spirit on the earth begins to live. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
There is life, there is freedom, there is joy, there is blessing, there is all the things that our human hearts are longing for. Because did you know that you're a living stone? Okay, let's take it a step further. Did you know you're becoming cornerstones within your family? Men, husbands, wives? What about cornerstones within our communities? Our neighborhoods, our workplaces? What about when the brick of our lives is laid down in those spaces? Will everything align with that design? There's impartation for it to happen. There's knowledge and wisdom and revelation that we've been given to actually walk in that and actually see it. To see transformation actually happen within our culture. Come on, faith. Rise up in this place in hearts. This is what Peter is trying to communicate. So modern day cornerstones, let's bring it into this modern age where we're, where we're living. They've been hollowed out. Listen, these are in buildings all around our cities. They've been hollowed out and they, they're placed in a prominent location in front of a building. Do you see the symbolism there? Prominent location where everybody could see it if you're looking for it. God is going to raise up people and he's going to place them in prominent positions in society. And if people could just open up their eyes, they'll see, oh my gosh, there's somebody right there that God is, is gracing to actually be used by him in a very powerful way. The second thing about cornerstones is they had an inscription on them, which would have the name of the owner, the name of the building, the builder, and the, and the year that the structure was built. Did you know that you are marked like this? The name of God, the name of the Father is on you. The day that you said yes and your name was recorded in that book of life. Listen, that is all recorded upon that stone that you're a part of. Jesus, that now you are becoming just like him. It's like, I, I don't know how to describe this, but it's like when angels look at us, they're just in awe at what God is doing through humanity, through flesh that is being transformed into the very likeness and image of God himself. Can you imagine? In these cornerstones, newspaper clippings, books, or photographs were placed into a metal receptacle and then placed into that hollowed out stone before the rest of the stones were built on top of it and put in place. In fact, when they go and they, they tear down some of these older buildings, they'll find all this information in there. I don't know if you've ever done this, but when, when I was born... Um, or experienced this or had any reference to this. When I was born, what they would do when babies came into the world way, 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 way long time ago when I was brought into the world is they would save nurse newspaper articles, time magazines, and different publications on that day that you were born. And so I began to find some of those. And I, and I saw like, Please hear me. Please hear my heart here because I want to inspire you today. I saw what was going on in the world on the day that I came into the earth. And I, and I say this in a humble way, but I, I thought about this. I was like, Lord, you knew exactly who and what you needed to come and bring the blessing of Jesus into the midst of this moment in human history. Why do I say that? You wouldn't be born right now if you weren't made for this moment. You wouldn't be. So we can look around at all the challenges, all the problems, all the stuff that's gone on in the last year and a half. But you know what? You were made for this moment. God knew 
Like, I like the, 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 the parallel to the, to the wedding. He saves the best wine for last all the time, and that includes you. And that's, and that's not an arrogant, presumptuous statement. Listen, there's something in the DNA of how you're made, how God wired you and puts you together, that he shows you for such a moment as this, and God wants to awaken that faith on the inside of you. There, there, listen, fear in the church, it doesn't exist. Perfect love has cast all of that out. And he's actually showing us as we drink of him who we are as he's making us into these cornerstones ourselves. I mean, look what 1 Peter 9, we're wrapping this up. Chapter 7, 2, verse 9, not 7, 2, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4. Look what, look what he says here. You are God's chosen treasure. What? You. Come on, and you have that voice of the accuser in your little ear all the time telling you what you're not, right? Trying to accuse you day and night. But the Father is saying over you, as Jesus is interceding for you at his right hand, you are the treasure of the Father. Now look at the language here. Priests who are kings. That's a very strange connotation because in the Old Testament there was either priests or there were kings. People that would minister before the Lord and the people that would rule within society. And now he's saying, listen, you're both. Uh-oh. Everybody is a priest unto the Lord, and we're also kings. That means we're called to rule in society. Bring his, his lordship, his love, his tsunami wave of love to the world around us. Priests who are a spiritual nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. It says that he's called you out of darkness. I love this verse right here because he doesn't say kingdom of darkness because the king, that, that, that darkness, that, that realm of darkness doesn't have a king. He's been stripped of his authority. He's just called you out of it. It wasn't even a kingdom. It had, no, it had no real substance to it. Do you understand the cornerstone? When he was raised up by Holy Spirit out of, out of death, hell, and the grave and had those keys holding in his hand, listen, he made it a spectacle and a display of this one who thought he was king, thought he had authority in the earth, thought he was really building something. Come on, he tried, to, he tried to trick Jesus into saying, listen, if you worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus going, listen, it may not be my time right now, but the last thing I'm gonna do is bow my knee to you because you have no authority. I'm gonna be given the nations anyhow. So our question is, what's causing you right now to try to bow when God's already got a promising future for you? What fear is trying to come over your heart to say, if you just kneel now, I'll give you all these desires. Just go ahead and set that stone in the northeast position astronomically and, and just call on the gods of the world to try to bring you joy and just bow to that. No way. Heck no. I'm not going to do it. Because the deal is, is that I know the cornerstone that's already been set in place. The building project is in motion. Everything else, when the winds blow and the rains come, is going to fall down. Do you understand? Like it's all going to tumble. But there's one thing that will not tumble. It's the house of God. The gates of hell. And I'm not talking about a physical structure. I'm talking about living stones that have been connected with one another. 
Listen, one of the reasons relationship is so important in this house is we're not just doing things because it's like a fun thing to do. No, we're family. We're walking through stuff together. We're being joined sovereignly through relationship. I can't even describe it like the, the things that have happened to me in terms of the people that I've gotten to know, the privilege of the people that I've gotten to know. Even over the last decade, I'm like, Lord, you can't make this stuff up. Like I never could have put these relationships together, but you could because you're bringing the body of Christ globally together in this moment. And we need, we need, to, we need to really have like especially in the midst of, a, of a, a building project in the earth that's so broken that's tearing people and the relationships apart. God wants us to have like, man, a respect and an honor. Like, wow, we were born for such a time as this. We end up happen to live in the same city. We ended up having, have, having the chance to meet each other and feel a connection. You can feel it when you're around people that have that same DNA on the inside as you do. And you come to life because it's like living stones resonate off of other living stones. And he says, you're brought into this new kingdom, that the verse 9 there, and he did this that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. You have a voice. Verse 10, for at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. And you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. My goodness, mercy, we didn't get what we deserved. That should just put us on our knees as it relates to the love of God. Lord, who are you? We totally deserve this, and you didn't give it to us. Instead, you gave us something else. As the band comes up, I want to just end with this last little piece of scripture. Because if we're going to impact the world, we got to know what he's building. We got to know what he's doing. We got to we got to put our emphasis on what's what's important and kind of let the other stuff take a back burner right now. Look what he says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18. He says, "And now because you are united to Christ, Oh my gosh, I just, I want that to sit in my heart for just a minute. The world that couldn't see him for who he was, that was gonna open up this gateway to the Father, the creator of all things. We are united with this one. Now look what it says. We both have equal and direct access into the realm of the Holy Spirit to come to the Father. Guys, do you get this? Like, it's back in the day, the priest, there was only one guy that could go in once a year into the Holy of Holies. Do you get the new building project that he's up to? Now it's everybody can go there. Everybody. Well, Darren, I'm not like you. I'm not into full-time vocational ministry. Good, because we need a whole lot more people not in full-time vocational ministry out there actually doing something in culture because that's where this thing is going. It's, it's, the equipping takes place here. The ministry action takes place out there. 
So he wants to put a boldness in your heart. You gotta catch this this morning, that you have equal and direct access to the Father through Holy Spirit as much as anybody else on the planet. I mean, pick the biggest ministry person that you admire the most, and, and I want you to say to yourself, I have as much equal and direct access as they do to the Father through Holy Spirit. Oh. This whole celebrity Christianity, listen, it's, not, it's, 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 it's built on sand. It's gonna come tumbling down. I respect people that have anointing and grace, but that whole thing, that whole thing, that whole deal that makes people, it's like this system that we build up in our minds thinking so-and-so is elevated. No, listen, we're all in Christ on equal footing here. Look at this, verse 19, we're wrapping this up. So you are not foreigner or, foreigners are guests. In other words, you're not orphans. You're part of the family. You are children of the city, of the holy ones, all the rights as members of the household of God. Okay. Do you know what that means? That means like whatever the father has in his possession to, to, and wants to exude on the earth, guess what? He's given it all to you. Is this, am I muted or where am I at here? <laughs> well, Darren, I'm a business owner. Okay, guess what? You have all the wisdom that the Father has to execute business in a way that will just, just completely shift everything in culture. When you're dealing with difficult people, there's the love of the Father that you'll be able to see the gold in them and you'll actually have prophetic insight to call stuff out even in the midst of them trying to hurt you and persecute you. And they'll look at you shaking their head like, what the heck just happened? Verse 20, I like it. It just keeps building here. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones. Verse 20, of the temple. You and your lives are being built together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. Best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Last verse. Actually, second to last verse. The entire building is under construction, verse 21, and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up, completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. Last verse. This means that God is transforming. Say transforming. Transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, the dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Lord, is this real? Is your word true? Open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to believe. Give us understanding that we're called to impact our world and that this is a reality that you established with Jesus as the chief cornerstone of this incredible building project to which each of us have been laid in alignment to him. You have chiseled us by your grace. You've knocked off all the rough edges. You have made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
And we were no longer in darkness, but we have now been pulled into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son of God, where blessing and all things good begin to flow. Come on, go with me here for just a minute. God, we are so, been so distracted by all the noise in the world. God, would you come today and get our focus upon this one who has risen above it all and is seated at the right hand of the Father. The one to whom we have all access 24-7. Build and complete. Put your hand over your heart in me. Say it. Build and complete in me. Build and complete in me that you've had in the desires of your heart before the foundations of the world. Say over yourself, I have been born. Say it with me, come on. I have been born for such a time as this. Come on, say it again. I have been born for such a time as this. And Lord, as we say that, we we take no confidence on our own abilities, but we take full confidence in who you are. This one through Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of us. Come on, stand up all over this room. Come on, stand up all over this room. Let's just begin to lift our hands to heaven. God, we take full confidence, full confidence that you're at work. Come on, tell them you're at work. You're at work even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when it doesn't look like it. When we lay our heads down at night to sleep, you're at work. You're out in the fields. Come on, saints. Come on, saints. Come on, let the word of God stir you. Let the word of God go inside of you. Let the word of God raise up a broken down tabernacle. Come on, rise up. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Take your place. Get back connected to the building again. I'm not talking about denominations. I'm not talking about church buildings. I'm not talking about even just kingdoms of men. I'm talking about the greatest building project in the human history that's ever been recorded. Angels are looking down at all, saying, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? This is amazing. You're taking broken humanity and you're making her beautiful again. And out of her beauty, beauty will overflow and spill out into other people's lives. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Cornerstone, for you were rejected, but not by us. We say yes to you. You can take your place in this building project. And we say, we, 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 we come in alignment. We come in order to who you are and everything that you represent. It's Jesus alone for me. It's Jesus only for me. Father, that's it. Have your way. Listen, as we close out, we're going to ask the parents to go get their kids. You are dismissed officially, but I want to ask you to take a minute maybe just before you go and just sit with the Lord and say, God, what does this look like for me? What did I take away from today? And what does this mean for my life starting tomorrow? We got to start taking Sunday's faith and connecting it to Monday's work. Okay, we got to start taking it out of these moments and taking it into our Mondays. Listen, God bless you guys as these guys leave us. Um, God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.